Welcome to Showing Up For You, where the conversations are hard but need to be had. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Sean. We're using our life's experiences to help us process the next steps. We're excited to have you. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Showing Up For You. I'm Jasmine. Hi, I'm Sean. And we back. We're back, we're back, we're back. here. We are, we're deep in the season two. We are. I think it's just all is so fun and natural that we're like, oh yeah, like we should probably like think of <laughs> <laughs> all the things and what we're going to do moving forward. It, it's great though to just like be so in the heart of it and to mm-hmm. interact with so many people and um, just to get so much feedback, which is so fun. We talk about it every week, but mm-hmm. we still get so much feedback and I love it. Yeah, it's it's very encouraging. Mm-hmm. It's very encouraging. Most definitely. There is something that I wanted to bring to your attention and get your thoughts on. Okay. So this week I was reflecting on something. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that I attach, like, core people in my life mm-hmm. to specific emotions. What does that mean? Meaning, like, if there is, you know... I have a group of, say, five people who I, like, consider my core people. And there's certain emotions from them that I connect to that Mm -hmm. then I end up, like, pegging in other, like, spaces in my life. Like, am I crazy? Am I the only one? Does anybody else do this? Do you do this? I'm trying to hear you clear. So, like, you're saying that your village, like, so, like, your family and close friends, Mm -hmm. you attach emotions to them according to what like experiences that you had with them or like your relationship with them so like a specific like attribute of an emotion so give me an example to say um my best friend Mm -hmm. she we've been through a lot of experiences together Mm -hmm. and something that was in those experiences she is very transparent about all things She's going to give it to me straight. Mm-hmm. She's going to be super forward and mm-hmm. it's going to be great. And so like I attach the emotion of like transparency or like I guess the attribute of transparency mm-hmm. to her. Does that make sense? Yeah. So does that mean that when you communicate with her, you're likely to be transparent? Yes. To, and- to reciprocate that or to reciprocate like my uh, specific, I guess you say emotion or characteristic is honesty. I give that right back to her. Okay, so then in a negative sense, like, I, are you experiencing that in a negative sense? Oh, yeah. So on the other end, there's mm-hmm. somebody in my life, in my core group, mm-hmm. that I um, attach stress to. Mm-hmm. And so because this person in my core circle, like, I just in my head attach stress to them, uh-huh. I then end up attaching obligation in my response. Because you're so stressed out, so what I bring in mm-hmm. the negative sense is like unhealthy obligation. Oh, that is interesting. Because so that's something I struggle with. Well, then that that then that has to mean that like every time you approach like your relationship with that person, then you're you're anticipating stress, like you're anticipating, and so I don't know. That is interesting. Like I don't know that. Like, I'd have to think more on how that like, might play in my life. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of scary. Like, I I guess ex- an experience with them, or it sounds like with you, repetitive experiences has created that. Yeah. 
that that mo mm-hmm. um but i i don't know i'd have to think because i don't i don't want to i don't want to keep interacting with anybody that like trigger stress like i don't want to like right i don't want to do that mm-hmm. um because it just leaves I don't know. so That's... much space for like i can't have good moments with you or like you know even like attributing like joy solely to one person like in their stressed out moments, you're like, wait, you're not supposed to be stressed because... Or you have to pre-think, like, you have to, like, pre-think being, like, giving them certain news or involving them in certain um, life events, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Or, like, how, what's your delivery look like with yeah. all of, you know? I don't know. Things. I don't know. That's something that I would have to, like, really, like, sit on because I don't know that I've experienced it, but I, I probably do but I don't have a name for it or something but that is interesting I don't know yeah I just don't have a name for it something that I've been thinking about but um I just wanted to bring it to attention um I know that later this week I will kind of share I've thought more about it but that's not the topic of today so later this week um check Instagram I'll share a little bit more about my thought processes and how I kind of came to the conclusion of why I get here because I want to hear everybody else's feedback do you yeah, this? Do you struggle with it um is it like no you're crazy how did you get to that point I'm open to yeah. all feedback <laughs> mm-hmm. but um what are we talking about this week no yeah that, I mean actually that, that'll give me more time to think about it too like I'll I'll do my homework on it because now you're making me think of every relationship in my like immediate circle, and that's not that's not what we're doing today. So thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, so uh, we've actually we've been skating on this for a while, but um, I think we've had a hard time like pinning or putting everything in one episode. But we've been um, behind the scenes talking about like generational. Um, breaking generational habits, curses, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, not, you know, not everything needs to be passed down, right? right? Like, if it's a recipe, bring it on. Absolutely. You know, but, um, it reminds me, like, so generational, like, habits reminds me of this story my great aunt used to tell me. Um, she would, she would say there was a little girl, um, who asked her mom, you know, as she was preparing like Thanksgiving dinner, like, why do you cut the ends of the roast before you cook it? And she goes, well, I don't know. That's just how my mom did it. Mm-hmm. And so the little girl goes to the grandmother and says, hey, grandma, you know, I saw mom cutting the ends of the roast to, to cook it. Why do you do that? And, you know, grandma's like, I don't know. That's just how my mom did it. And so she goes to great grandma like, hey, why do you guys cut the ends of the roast before mm-hmm. cooking it? And she goes, well, when I was growing up, we just didn't have a big enough pot to cook it in. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it kind of like makes you think like, there are so many things we do based off of past generations that we don't have a reason for. We just know that that's how it's done. Mm-hmm. So that's why we do it. Yeah. Rather than... Now you have a bigger pot. Like you could, the roast can fit because right. you threw some potatoes and everything in there too. Okay, right. like you could <laughs> you have a whole meal done. No but no, um, I always laugh at that story because it just is—it's a funny way to think of things we pass down without understanding reasons or um, 
um, yet just understanding why. And so as we approach this in a, you know, more broad or, um, yeah, more broad way, um, we wanted to talk today about emotional regulation, emotional regulation. Let me not like slur my words <laughs> as I get like excited. So emotional regulation um, is a big one for me because I can understand as we like, like I said, as we talk about what our parents did, what was done before, what was done before then, you start to realize a few generations ago, there may have been things that our families do out of survival, or have done out of survival, mm -hmm. or out of tradition, right. or um, just out of like situational things, right? And so when I think about a lot of things that happen now that I don't have an answer for, I always wanna, I always wonder, how did that come about? But um, emotional regulation is something I think I struggle with because I have to challenge it for my kids. Mm -hmm. Like I understand why emotions were not a um, welcoming thing for past generations. Yeah. And that can go, that, that could be a broad spectrum, right? You right. know what I mean? That could be um, anywhere between like what was going on um, in the times, it, what was going on socially, what was going on in the world, what was going yeah. on politically, it could be mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. um, and then you got to think about what the modern or like typical household might have looked like, you know, golly, 60 years ago, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not even, you know, not even two generations ago, but like, you know, what what would my mom's household look like versus what mine does? Right. And so what I realized, though, is if we do kind of start to talk about emotional regulation, there's there's a lot of things that are going to have to be redefined. Mm -hmm. A few that came to mind, and um, I'm hoping we can get through them today without going <laughs> too far into this. You know us. Because this won't be, like I said, this won't be the last and um, the last time we talk about generational um, habits and things that were passing on, but this is a good start. And, um, you know, we're always up for starting these kind of conversations. And so um, modeling emotional regulation, um, it, it, it has to start with redefining resilience mm -hmm. and tolerance, mm -hmm. um, loyalty standards, and vulnerability or like sensitivity mm. and those things are those things came to mind for me when it came to emotion because i could think now like as a parent i'm very free with my emotions i yeah. want my kids and my husband to see and i also love that my husband is is, is very much like debunking you know this like father don't cry, don't say I love you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love that he does, you know, he debunks that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it, it's going to take some redefining. So, I don't know. What do you think before we, like, dive into this? Dive in. I, as, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for me mm -hmm. at this very moment in my life. And I'm very mm -hmm. grateful for that. And thinking about emotional regulation, it feels really intimidating. Mm-hmm. You know, like challenging, you know, resilience, tolerance, um, loyalty standards, like it's I'm having to really like, you know, have the mirror face at me 
Yeah. And what it in seeing, you know, what it is that, you know, I've learned and picked up throughout my life from my family to my close, you know, core people to what I've even picked up um, within society and just like what the world has looked like. And so, you know, thinking about emotional regulation feels very intimidating, but also like trying to put into put that challenge into practice Mm -hmm. is also like so freeing. Yeah. As you're going through it. And I think it's like, it's that, it's the ebb and flow of like, you know, there's pain to like tear down, but what you build up is so much more mm. better mm-hmm. for what you want in your life and how you want to carry it forward within your own life and your own family. And I think, you know, the thing that I guess that, you know, I'll share more, but facing that is there's a lot of people who won't get on that board with you. And that's just how that's going to go. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You know, you can't, um, everybody doesn't owe you like that change. Yep. Like you said, you know, the first thing you said was like, I'm responsible for me. Um, and I think that even without you having kids, like you, you being responsible for you allows other people the atmosphere to either join in or separate themselves. Right. You know, for me, I do have small people watching. And so my small people could very well like, get on the train and realize, oh, it is okay to take a minute, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. go cry in the room because I've had a bad day and then come out and say, okay, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready for for what we got going, you know? And so, um, that's, I think once we let go of that, like you can't, and then, you know, let's be realistic. Like we, we, you're not always going to change the past generations. Like you're not always going to like enlighten you know, a elder or a relative that has literally been living this way mm-hmm. and promising by this way for years. And that's okay. Yeah. That is not what we are suggesting mm-hmm. or, um, or no, that that's not it at all. I think that it's about finding what works for you mm-hmm. and passing that along, whether that's through your children or your friend groups mm-hmm. or neighbors, anybody that you're, you know, kind of accountable for because I mean I mean, whether we like it or not, like this is a community based world. Like we're yeah. gonna everybody learn something from somebody. Yeah. Um, so first, you know, I think the biggest one for me is resilience. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we if we break that down, like I you know, resilience is like, it's such a powerful word because I make, it makes me think of all the women in my family. Mm. Like so many things have happened to or like around them and they've like been like the keepers of yeah. the family. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. Right. Right. That you know woman what I mean? power. Matriarchs. Mm-hmm. Right. And not just in my family, but in my life, there have been women that are they're just so strong and I even feel insecure saying that word strong because I'm about to like redefine it yeah because it wasn't until I got older that I was like they are resilient and it's hurting them Mm -hmm. they are strong and it's hurting them you know what I mean yeah um I've seen I have my mom has four sisters I think it's four girls and five I could have it wrong my, my grandma had nine kids um but so the aunties they have all gone down different paths and I love the diversity of 
every choice an auntie has made. And when I look at that, they have like muscled through it all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They all have kids. They've all like, you know, um, been through different kind of relationships. They've all been through different kind of careers, like including my mom, right? Right. They've all been through everything that, like, I feel like them, com- the, the, the aunties combined, the aunties and my mom combined, as a woman, you could go to them and, like, somebody will have gone through what you are like. Right. <laughs> Who, I did this. Right. Who did this? I mean, yeah. It could be a career change. It could be a relationship. It could be a kid, you know, kid issue. It mm-hmm. could be, like, it could be anything, a lifestyle change, right? Yeah. And I love that. But then I also see, like, as I'm older, I'm like, there are things that they have not taken the time to uncover, address, mm-hmm. break down, um, sort out for themselves mm-hmm. because they're so busy taking care of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that is unfortunate. Yeah. Because I saw it as strong. Mm-hmm. I saw it as resilient. And... I, I often think, what if I, I saw my mom take a moment and cry mm-hmm. more? Mm-hmm. What if I saw her say, you guys stay with your dad for the weekend and I'm going to go on a solo vacation? Yeah. What if I saw her say, I need a girl's brunch day and I'm getting you guys a babysitter, mm-hmm. right? Like, what if I saw that yeah. more? Or what if I saw her say, hey... I need for you guys to go in the room and I'm gonna, you know, de-stress this way or I'm going for a job or I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, what if I saw more of that? What I did see is like my mom would like be in the front seat driving and she would just be talking to Jesus, right? And we'd be like, she's crazy. <laughs> but I I I I I often wonder like, what if I saw her do the things that I do? With my kids. Yeah. You know, I'll come home from a long day and I'll know that I might have been gone all day, but I'm gone like doing things for the family yeah. and I'm, I'm stressed. I'm done. And I'll come home and I'll know that my kids really miss me, but I'll say, okay, you got to give mommy 20 minutes, put a timer on, but you got to give me, you got to give me time to, to, to unload. Yeah. And they understand that mm-hmm. because I make a practice of doing that. So I say that to say... I wish I would have seen that more in my aunts and mom, like the the women, you know what I mean? The mm-hmm. strong, quote unquote. Right. Um, because I would have seen strength a different way. I would have seen that it's okay for those emotions. I would have seen that it doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean that there's anything negative. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I, like I said, I didn't notice that until... I got older and I started doing certain things and, you know, people had their opinions. Like, you know, I remember, um, I'll give you this example. And then I do want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, was it last Mother's Day that my husband came home? Mother's Day was on a Sunday. Yes. My husband came home on a Friday evening and it was like four o'clock and he was like, um, pack your bags and I don't want to see you until Monday morning. And I was like, hold up. He <laughs> First sure of all, <laughs> would you not, you know what I mean? Right. But then he was like, I reserved you a hotel mm-hmm. in one of your favorite cities. Mm-hmm. And it was like this like luxury suite with like all the 
Oh, it was all the things, yeah. And um, he said, I'm here with the kids. Don't don't even bother checking in. Yeah. You need a weekend to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, like from Friday night to Monday morning, I I think I read books, binged watched, um, Law and Law and Order, mm-hmm. right? And um, I remember everybody calling me on Mother's Day, like, "Why aren't you with your kids?" Yeah. I was in a coffee shop reading a book, and it was the best thing. And then I took myself to lunch for like Mexican food and margaritas. Mm-hmm. Like I just was. <laughs> Living but I remember everybody called me that day and was like, you should be with your kids. Why aren't you with your kids? And I was like, I don't need this bad energy right now. Right. I'm having a <laughs> lovely afternoon. Thank you. But that's, that's something I didn't see. Yeah. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I needed that for like my emotional health, for my mental health. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that does make me feel resilient because mm-hmm. I have those breaks but that's not the resilience I saw. Yeah. Growing up, what do you think? Well, because I like I want to acknowledge that, like, because you were able to have that space, mm-hmm. it gives you the space when to properly be resilient when you need it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's like something that's that I just love. I love that. I love that um, you're redefining what it means to be strong. Because I think also, like as women, there's so much that you said that I resonate because I did, you know, I was surrounded by a majority of women growing up as mm-hmm. well. And I was like, you're strong, we're tough. We're mm-hmm. just like write it through. And I was like, yeah. And then when I got to like Mm-mm. being a woman and like going through some of those same things, I'm like, how are you guys not exhausted? Because I'm taken out right. by this. No wonder y'all were breaking down right. and stressed out and losing your hair. Like, no right. <laughs> It's so funny. I, my mom, I love her to pieces, but one thing, like, when we were growing up, she would get so stressed to the point to where she would, like, get so hot, mm. and then she would, like, roll all the windows down, like, as we were, like, on our way to school, my sister and I would be in the back, Oh, my like, God. <laughs> you know? Like, this is Washington State, okay, right. ma'am? I'm like, like look, look what you did. You took yourself that far because your resilience is out. Anyways. Mm, that's funny, though. But something that... I, when, you know, thinking about resilience, um, kind of like resilience and tolerance, you know, Mm -hmm. they kind of go hand in hand or together is I had like written down, I grew up knowing too many strong people, but not knowing enough honest people. Mm -hmm. And like meaning that, you know, similarly to what you shared, like we have to be strong. We have to get through these things. Um, you know, it, it was a lot of like, it felt like a lot of have to statements things mm-hmm. that we have to do, but yet it got to a point that there was like no honesty there. So we're tolerating yeah. certain things, you know, in our life or we're, um, gatekeeping mm-hmm. certain things and we're calling it, we're being resilient. We're calling it that we're tolerating, you know, a certain thing that's happening in our life yet. It's actually really damaging mm-hmm. to the unit as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I look at that and I'm like, for a long time, I was like, okay, this makes sense. You're, you know, you're protecting this. You're, you know, making sure you're keeping this safe. Or, um, you know, I even got to notice it got to the point where it looked like resilience was on like autopilot. Mm-hmm. So like in hard moments or, you know, challenging moments, I saw being strong, being put in like an autopilot mode. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm always anticipating the worst thing that could happen. So I'm being resilient just like immediately. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like I can, I like saw that 
backfiring because it created space for toxic environments, for right. toxic moments. And then, you know, as all things, it starts becoming habitual. Right. So it's like that's always the default that we end up going to because this is what resilience or this is what strength looks like or tolerating this looks like. That's going to always be our default. So then we're it's allowing... It's the pot roast. It's, it's, that's the pot roast. Yep. You're, that's what you think strength is. That's what you think resilience is. Mm-hmm. So... Because, like, of course... Why would just, I stop now? Why? Right? Why would I do anything different? Um, but I know that how I've seen that played out, you know, in my life where I look at it now and I'm like, I want to be so resilient that I know when to walk away. Mm. That I know when to... This is an actual moment that I will, you know, because resilience is what adapting to change, mm. adapting to something that's different. And so it's like if you're in a certain environment, I'm going to adapt myself to take to, to step out of this, mm. to not continue, you know, to be in that space. Or um, I guess you could also say, like, my resilience looks like um, this is where I draw the line mm. for myself and what that could look like. So I. I think that's kind of how I've had to, you know, take a look at that in a way of being like resilience also can look like walking away and taking away that autopilot. Right. Because like I know for myself, I have been known to like go so hard until you break. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not resilience at all. You know, resilience is something I see that's like ever evolving and something like um, it should have longevity. It should, you know, but like. You know the way the way it's taken is like it's it's almost like it's 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 used as a toxic trait. Like mm-hmm. it's yes, it's great. If I bought something, if I was buying a new car and they said this car is resilient, I'm like this car can take anything you throw at it, right? And it's still gonna last, right? Yeah, like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like we want that, but like you said, it's like that in an environment of something like you you're asking for this toxic, like, contribution to a relationship, mm-hmm. right? And right. so, you know, you, you kind of just mentioned, like, resilience meaning um, adapting to change, you know yeah. what I mean? Allowing yourself to, like, adapt to change. Like, that's you redefining it. That's you saying, okay, I'm not I'm not going to be the quote-unquote strong yeah. that I thought I needed to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the quote-unquote resilience. Yeah. Because we're not. We're mm-hmm. not. That's not who. Human, we're not. Yeah. That's just it. I don't... <laughs> right. And it's like, you look at, you know, you had spoken earlier about things that, you know, people are going through. What I'm going through in the workplace mm-hmm. at 26, almost 27 years old is different than what my parents or friends mm-hmm. of mine, older friends of mine went through mm-hmm. when they were 27 years old. And so like, you know, something that I, or just like had came to the forefront of my mind was like, um, you, you hear people like, I was resilient or I stuck it out in this job. For so long, mm. like you should do the same thing, and I'm like, hold on. That's called burnout. Exactly, you know. First of like, all, you're you, you you're not gonna trick me. Right. No, you're not. <laughs> Just so you, that's what is called that? burnout. Like, that's not resilient. Right. <laughs> not at all. But it's like that's what people. Mm-hmm. It's like I I do think that just the word resilience or tolerance alone kind of have this like. Uh, it's romanticized, Absolutely. I guess. Like slap that label onto something. Like you're resilient. Like, I don't want to be. Yes. I'm not resilient or strong. How about that? No. I'm right. a human and I get things done. Yes. But you, if that's how, you, if that's if that's what it is, mm-hmm. I'm not it. Hard pass. 
So that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, I know that I want moving forward my resilience, um, you know, to look like adapting to mm-hmm. change um, for longevity, I guess you could say. You No, you're right. That's, um, I don't know, that that is, like I said, we can go on this. I Because my hope is, and I love your takeaway, my hope is that accepting or like normalizing emotional regulation you know um promotes better mental health mm-hmm. you know what i mean right like, i think about you know like i said i i'm i'm coming from what i learned and what i'm trying to be now i think about like if therapy was promoted you know in my or supported like yeah you know, growing up or if you know um mental like mental health breaks or you know like seeing my mom like read a book and ignore us like you know what I mean like right. you know or something like that you know and, it, and it's not just for moms dads too yeah you know I think that you know my dad is a different person now realizing like he's he, he's like I need to take my I need to separate myself from things you know I'll even see him now um be intentional about avoiding toxic situations right yeah he will you know he'll see and he'll be like I know where that can land, you know, mm-hmm. or because he is, um, I'm, my dad is a different guy now, but he used to be, um, very, very handy, um, in LA. I don't know how to say <laughs> my dad. My dad is a G. I can't even, yeah. but the point is like, you know, he's, he's older. He's not trying to, you know, do the things, but he recognizes them mm-hmm. and he's very like, observant now he's like that's not going to do me any good right now yeah so i'm gonna back away for it right. or that environment is not and i love that for him yeah. you know what i mean um so i love to see i love i love it now but i wish like when he was younger that was a thing so that he could avoid certain things or that my mom could avoid certain things yeah so anyway next loyalty standards so Loyalty standards. Can I tell you something really quick uh-oh. before you start? I'm sorry. I'm scared. When we were preparing for this episode, this was the one piece that I was like, I'm out. I don't want no part. But it's, you know what? But it's the most important, and that's why. It is because, you know, like, we, and we've talked about toxic loyalty before. Yeah. And I think where I'm going with loyalty standards when it comes to, like, generational habits and emotional regulation mm-hmm. is that, if we were more honest about the way relationships made us feel or the nervousness, the anxiety, you talked about stress being related to a certain relationship mm-hmm. earlier. If we were more honest about that, you, I wouldn't give my, my, my loyalty. You, that, that relationship wouldn't deserve my loyalty. Yeah. But I think that loyalty like trumps or overrides your emotion mm-hmm. or detachment um, or feeling towards people mm-hmm. um, sometimes. And that to me goes right in right hand in hand with, I mean, I know that they hurt you and they betrayed you, but they're still your family. Like that to me goes right with that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, no, that's still a human being that like did something horrible to me and changed the the way that I see things mm-hmm. and I need time to like separate yeah. myself for that. Or that's still the family member that like um, contributed something very toxic to my life and I need a boundary against yeah. them so that I can regroup. 
So like I I see like loyalty standards and um, I see that like as a, as a harmful thing. Yeah. You know, um, what would it look like if you know we were less focused on being loyal to somebody that we grew up with and being more concerned about hey like being with you or um, interacting with you without help without mental stability without um, an open relationship you know open communicative relationship mm-hmm. being, that is hurtful to my mental health like yeah. what it would you know what would that look like yeah you know and so when I when I think about being loyal to somebody and not considering how I'm emotionally affected or like that I think that blows me away because I wouldn't marry somebody like that like I wouldn't marry a guy and say well the contract says I should marry him right you know what I mean like he's the best suitor for me but Mm -hmm. he makes me feel um he gives me anxiety Mm -hmm. or he makes me um feel depressed or um he makes me feel insecure or like I'm I'm not I want the space to address those things yeah but I I've I've noticed that loyalty was like the loyalty over everything I don't even you know right it's like the uh the on paper like moments of like Mm -hmm. it all looks really good on paper Mm -hmm. and so therefore right act accordingly right but I know like something that I have to like ask myself now like the thing about loyalty standards is like okay say are you loyal to the cause or are you loyal to a person meaning say your cause is i'm loyal to my mental health Mm -hmm. so the people Mm -hmm. are they loyal to that cause in my life as well Mm -hmm. you know i have to ask myself like those really big things because when i think about like what i knew about like loyalty standards there was a lot of blind loyalty mm-hmm. and I've had, you know, this there's a person in my life who has outright said, we just know that this person is this way, but we should love them anyways. Yeah. That was one of the most toxic things I've ever heard. I've never been like, so outright disrespected in my entire <laughs> We'll clear that up. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. like we, sh- we know and that we should love them. It was, we, are not going to hold them accountable Mm -hmm. we're going to forgive and still protect and abide by this person without holding them accountable for the things right so like i just wanted to clear that because it's like we do love people that are not necessarily and that's there's nothing wrong with i can love you where you are right but in this situation and it does relate to what you're talking about Mm -hmm. it was more so um don't correct this person. Yeah. Right. You be the bigger person. Yeah. You you be the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But but don't hold them accountable. Right. Or like you you shouldn't draw a line with them. Right. You and know? that's a and you that's a perfect example mm-hmm. and I just wanted to clear that up. No, that was perfect. Thank you cuz you were, you know, involved in that. And that was just that was something that really like if I had to think about like if I had to, you know, blanket statement for myself. Yeah. I was like, blind loyalty is was the standard for my entire life. And this was in my core. So therefore that seeped into friendships, work relationships, Mm. you know, other spaces that I had in my life because it's like that 
that was the the molding, I mm. guess, you know, for me. And so I looked at that blind loyalty and therefore I stopped holding, why would I hold anybody else accountable? Why, you know what I mean? Wow. Like, and so that. You didn't redefine it. I did not redefine it. Wow. And so I've constantly had loyalty to people who would dismiss my feelings. Mm, um, manipulate You know, them. who wouldn't manipulate my feelings, who would just be like, uh, this is a statement I got a lot. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Ooh, I hate. Ooh. That's got nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. That's outright saying, like, pretty much I just talked to a wall and there's nobody else there. I'm... When people say that statement, I honestly, this is just so direct and forward. That is the dumbest and the most I... unintelligent statement you could ever make in your life. Why did you have to do that? <laughs> that statement says, yeah, I mean, like, it sucks that you're offended, but I mean, I'm right. Yes. That's what that says. Instead of, if I really care about this relationship, if I really want to contribute to this relationship, mm-hmm. instead of saying like, okay, what did I say that triggered you? Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you what I meant and I can work on saying it differently. Mm-hmm. Or let, let me clarify Let me clarify you. something. Something. But when you say, I'm sorry that you feel that way, wait, don't, then why say sorry? Why say sorry? Like, right. Don't say anything at all. Like we can both. I'll exit stage. Just say sucks for you. Stage, right? Just say sucks for you. Exactly. Okay. Bummer. That's all. Yeah. Say that. I feel better <laughs> if you said bummer. Right. Yikes. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> more suitable. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Drives me nuts. It literally gets me. Why did you bring that up? up? I, I I'm all triggered but, and excited. Yeah. And another thing. Right. Okay. I don't know. But you know. I would say so going from <laughs> blind loyalty and like what do I call the redefining for myself I don't know clear loyalty I guess mm-hmm. um you know I've like I mentioned earlier is I've had we'll to take really... the word blind out exactly just <laughs> I need to see normal normal <laughs> loyalty <laughs> standards have right. changed upgrade exactly um you know but keeping it very um if I'm not loyal to myself, how is it that I'm going to have loyalty towards others mm. or, or um, have the expectation of people to uphold mm-hmm. these things? And so, you know, accountability is something that we've mentioned. That's really, you know, huge for me. Correction. Mm-hmm. Um, even just like open communication, that's something. So it's like those are standards that I have to hold for myself mm-hmm. and how I have to, you know, really lay out of if I'm going to bring this forward in my life or um, allow somebody to come into my space because, mm-hmm. you know, loyalty standards for me, like, they've really impacted my relationships. I'm not married, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm like, I have a really hard time trusting loyalty because I've blindly trusted people or, you know, the people that I thought, you know, mm-hmm. should have had loyalty towards me were kind of just like, you thought. So, you know, the biggest thing, I guess, is really having... Um, holding the standard for myself so that when people come into that space, they know this is what she's upholding for herself. Can I meet her there or not? And so if there is a line that's drawn, it can be understood. Even if somebody's, you know, if there's confusion about it, I'm able to openly communicate like, hey, I'd let you know that this is something that I needed, you Mm -hmm. know, from you. I needed to be met in this way and let's have a conversation about it. Um, But if not, that's just where I stand. Right, you know, and and that's all good stuff. It all comes back to, um, if I could be honest about that, if I could be open about that, then um, I can allow emotional regulation in how I really feel about how 
loyal you are. Like you talked about being loyal to the cause rather than the person. Mm-hmm. So am I loyal to like the openness of my emotions? Am I loyal to my mental health? Am I more so loyal to, you know, um, what I'm learning about love or what I'm learning about commitment to a person, you yeah. know? And so um, that to me, it, it all, it all connects. Like I said, we, there's, there's, there's so much. Um, man. Okay. So let's, let's keep this going. Really? Um, I think that, so one of the, the last, the last one that I was um, kind of wanting to talk about was like, vulnerability and sensitivity and the reason that's in like considered in my like uh like emotional regulation as far as generational habits is i know and i could i can't speak for every culture or every family but like we talked about our family having to be strong the people or the women in our family having to be strong and resilient Mm -hmm. and so you saw a lot less um open emotions right or like um grace in frustration or stress Mm -hmm. right and you saw a lot of like it's not to say you didn't see it you might have seen someone break down and you're like okay like they're at their breaking point it was more normal to see like somebody at the breaking point rather than um just give me a moment to cry you know what i mean like a going through the process moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being told, like, as a child that I was a crybaby. And I hate that term because it was, it's like, oh my God, you're making it seem like crying is a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told a few things. I was told that I was a crybaby. I was told that, um, you know, it was like, you're always crying. You're always crying. And then I was also told, um, like, when I was like middle school age, like that I held grudges. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, like, and I'm being totally honest, like I was told that I was like spiteful, like I was told these things and it was so hurtful that I was like, oh my God, like I must be evil. Like mm-hmm. I must be hard to deal with. And then I got older and I realized like, when was I given the space or the like, talking to to say okay why are you holding on to this anger why are you crying yeah why 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 do you feel like you need to show your anger this way like I that would have never in my life from a family member had that conversation Mm -hmm. and um I can imagine that my mom just had a lot to deal with with four girls yeah and that and my mom is not very like and I've talked about this before. My mom wasn't the like, come here, give me a hug type. Or do we need to cry it out? Let's take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I started to think like as I got older, like I must be like, I've, I've got to fix this. So I spent a lot of time alone yeah. trying to process that. And then I had a daughter, right? And I realized like raising humans they are going to they're going to show emotion because they can't hormonal emotion they're gonna um, be frustrated they're going to um, not know how to express stress right anybody that knows me and my little roommates 
you would think that you are talking to a 30-year-old, whether you're talking to my five-year-old son or my seven-year-old daughter. It's true. And my son will seriously say to you, I just want to be alone right now, and I'll come back. That man will be done peopling for the day. And I love that for him. Yeah. Right? My daughter will say, I, I don't know what I want, and I just need to breathe. Like she will, you know, I mean, I remember picking her up from school one day and she just was frustrated. And I, I saw her just like huff and puff. And I said, well, what's going on? Like, what's wrong with you? And she said, I don't know what's wrong. Sometimes I just don't know what's wrong. And I said, and that's okay. Yeah. I said, well, what do you need me to do? And she said, I just don't want to talk about it right now. I said, well, when you do, I'm here. Yeah. And when we got home, I said, take some time, go sit in the office and be with yourself. Whether you want to go sing karaoke in the office, whether you want to watch TV, um, even if you want to like scream at a pillow, I'm going to set a timer with Alexa for 15 minutes. You do your thing. Mm -hmm. And I said, take advantage of that so that when you come out, we can actually talk about it because I don't want you to unleash Right. Or feel like we are contributing to this. Mm -hmm. And that's how I talk to my kids. Mm -hmm. When they're crying, they could cry whether they're tired. They could cry whether they're, you know, didn't get their way. There's so many different. But I'm not, stop crying. I've never, no, stop crying. Why are you doing that crying? Mm -hmm. That, to me, is so triggering as a parent and as a child. Um, I want to know why. If it's because you didn't get your way, hey. This is what happens when A and B and C happen. Go take some time in the cry chair. We have a chair. You guys have probably heard this in my house. And it is meant for one thing. Nobody sits in it. Otherwise, it is called the cry chair. And you take your time. And it's not a punishment. Right. But you take your time and you go sit in the cry chair and you just breathe it out. Whatever. So anyway, but just back to growing up, I never had that option. And so... I remember coming into like college years and feeling like, don't cry, don't cry. That'll mean you're weak. Don't cry. And don't you dare like show emotion when it comes to this thing or that thing. And then even when I like, you know, had reactions to so much stress going in college, two jobs, struggling through school, trying to like, get internships, get good grades, mm-hmm. had all these organizations that I was working with. I was, <laughs> I needed the breaks. Like I didn't yeah. sleep, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I just, I had to, I, I, I had to realize as an adult, like I can't, I can't have my child thinking that about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm redefining, okay, why why did my parents think I was, or my mom, why did my mom think I was this way? Mm-hmm. Was I given, you know, like I said, the, the process of sorting out why are you so angry and why mm-hmm. why you consider it a grudge? Right. Or, you know, well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I'm checking, I want to check in with my children. Mm-hmm. Why are you angry? What happened? Well, yesterday you said I could do this and you said I could do it today and today you didn't let me do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's address that. Yeah. You're not doing it because you didn't do the other thing that you needed to do. And you know what I mean? Let's mm-hmm. break it down. Mm-hmm. So can we try again tomorrow? Okay, cool. Right? Yeah. Then I'm not sitting, I'm not letting my kids sit there and 
Right. Have some love. And just sit with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it could be a million other things. But the point is, I look at even now as a 35-year-old, I am about to burst <laughs> with this kid. I cried over um, pastrami three nights ago, okay? <laughs> so listen. <laughs> I cry over pastrami. I cry if, like, my house isn't clean the way I want it to be cleaned. I cry if I watch a good movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm okay, yes. you know, and I want my kids to understand that. My husband is on the same same wavelength, mm-hmm. like, very much understanding and addressing those feelings. That's something that I think that I can't allow the last generations to seep into what I have now. Yeah. I think that's that's so good. And, I mean, I'm not a parent, as we all know. Um, but I think the, the thing that I want to commend you on and, like, I respect so much about you, I admire so much about you, is that sometimes, like, I've watched parents just be like, I'm just going to teach my kids differently And almost like they're banking on their kids to just solely carry it out, but they don't necessarily make the change. Mm -hmm. But like I watched in your household, it's from you to my uncle to your kids. Mm -hmm. It's not that like, okay, I know this and it's it's hard for me to undo it, but I know that they can do differently. Mm -hmm. Like I've just like watched you guys all Mm -hmm. let a domino effect. And so I really, I want to commend you on that and let you know that from my point of view, it's seen and I just, I love it. It's so cool. Thank you. So anyways. You're welcome. I think you're awesome. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, vulnerability and sensitivity. I hate this topic. Uh-oh. And I've said it from the jump of this season and probably so many other times. Um, I think for me, I saw, I will, I've now come to the conclusion I am the most sensitive person in my immediate family. Mm-hmm. which now I'm very okay with. Yeah, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. But it takes time to um, almost, like, accept your softness or accept your sensitivity. Um, but I know that growing up or in, you know, environments I've been in is that with sensitivity had to come immediate solution. Mm. Meaning that, okay, this is what you're feeling. What's the solution to it? What's on the other end of it? And it had to, like, be an immediate thing. That's not fair. Right. Where do you get... Can I just be here in this moment and allow myself to, like, yes. get the tears out? Could I cry right. in the shower? Right. Be okay? Right. <laughs> or even just, you know, give the response like your daughter did of, like, I don't know what I'm feeling right now, but I'm just, like, feeling it. hmm And so I think that I found so many moments in my life to where I projected that even yeah. onto others. If there was, you know, people I came into interaction with, like, you know, friends are like, I want to vent to you. I'm, you know, feeling this way. I would be that person who'd be like, all right, let's, let's get over this. Or like, let's find a solution. And that's oh been goodness. so damaging to like relationships in my life because mm-hmm. I've had people just be like, I needed a sounding board. I wasn't looking for like advice. Yeah. You know, I wasn't trying to create that environment. And mm. so you know, I think about, um, how, you know, now, and I still struggle with it. It's definitely something like I was upset about something very recently and I immediately jumped to how do I get over this? How do I stop crying about it? Um, how, like what is, what's on the under other end of it and what's the next step Mm -hmm. without really sitting and thinking about like, this is where the root of this feeling comes from for Mm -hmm. me. 
Um, and I actually need to sit with this feeling because I've never felt this before. Or this is something new. Like, I know that now how I'm like re-navigating my vulnerability and sensitivity is like learning what it actually is, mm-hmm. you know, because I think for so long I was, I just put like, you know, just basics of emotions. Like you're just sad, mm-hmm. you're happy. And that was like kind of the two, mm-hmm. but it's like, there's joy. Like joy is a different feeling of being happy or, you know, fear is a different, um, you know, feeling of sadness. And mm-hmm. like, there's so many like different things. And so I think that where I'm at in my life at this very moment is just trying to, um, one, allow myself space yeah. to know what it is mm-hmm. and also like allow myself to, for the solutions to come. Yeah. You know, cause I am, and I think that's part of being like wanting to be a productive person or being like, you know, proactive. I'm right. Like, that's just naturally something that's in my personality, but really like trying to take a step back of like, it, it seeps into resilience. It seeps into, mm-hmm. you know, all of these other things that we're talking about because it's like I'm wanting to get to the other end. I'm wanting to be strong and wanting, you know, to perceive mm-hmm. myself whatever way. Like we've talked, again, emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it's been seeped into so many of these episodes. But I know, like, for this, this is the core of my being. Yeah. And if I don't have, like, this unlock or, you know, redefining, like, how I want to um, regulate my emotions and navigate them, mm-hmm. then everything else is just going to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, that's so key. Like, I just, you know, it, it's, it's crazy how we can, like, address what we thought it was and what we thought was, like, a healthier self. And, yeah. you know, you made a good point in saying, like, it doesn't have to be a resolution immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, I can take 15, 20 minutes to cry over this. Like, it's fine to, like, filter that out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fine to be angry for a minute and just say, okay, I got that out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, It, it, and then, you know, just your, your, your kind of example of, like, how basic emotions are. No, like, like I said, like, there's so many things that I've gone through in my life that I'm like, that came from this and this came from that. And like, I wish, you know, I allowed myself to cry over anxiety or yeah. be address my anxiety in college. Mm-hmm. I wish that I was more open about certain things. I wish I wasn't afraid to like tell, you know, my family like certain things because then I would, I would imagine I would have gotten, you know, more help or at least it would have been known so that they, yeah. you know, didn't think I was just this like, Right, whatever person you believe. Whatever, you know, yeah. but like I said, you know, I think that, and I don't blame, like, the older generation. Like I like I said, I think that, you know, my mom thinking those feelings about me and saying, you know, that, like, I think that she just didn't know how to stop and say, okay, why are you angry? Yeah. And here's what I do when I'm angry, or let's look at some healthier ways mm-hmm. to be angry. But, you know, what is really, like, what 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 is anger it's like it's unresolved like either misguided emotion mm-hmm. or like misunderstanding of how to solve it right you know frustration can turn into anger because mm-hmm. i don't know what to do about it yeah and it could be totally innocent but now i'm angry mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so um addressing that i truly think that it could have been a great experience yeah so now you know you think about it and you're like it's complex it's not basic it's not yeah. as like simple as are you happy or sad? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. It, yeah. It's, like you said, it's more complex. There's so much more. I remember once my dad said to me, he was like, I said something like, I just need, I need to process or talk about it. And he was like, I just didn't do that growing up. So like, that's, I can't do that for you. And I was like, 
Yeah, that's okay. It. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do I do with this information? Right. But you know, it, but it's one. It's moments. You like, try it, right? <laughs> Um, you know but it is moments like that where we have those interactions with that you know generation and sometimes it's like you know you show your butt whether it's you know explicitly Mm -hmm. or implicitly whatever right and you have to understand and um here's me giving everybody the benefit of the doubt right because i still think that we can be stuck in our ways yeah and everybody is not going to change because you said they should change and they shouldn't they, they, they need to do it on their own time. Yeah. And they might, look, ignorance is bliss. They might just die happy mm-hmm. knowing what they know. But we don't know what kind of survival skills or survival method, you know what I mean, our last generation had to take. We yeah. don't know what they had to, like, pack down or what they had to hide in order to, like, get through the day. Mm-hmm. We don't know if their parents were, like, what you crying for? Right. We don't have time for that. Yeah. Let's go. Yep. You know what I mean? You don't know. So I have to give it the benefit of the doubt. I mm-hmm. have to say, whatever you didn't learn, you taught me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. And now I have to unlearn it. And so I, 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 you never know. Yeah. And that's why it's like the whole pot roast thing. Like, we don't mm-hmm. know why, you know, great grandma didn't have a baby like pot. We have right. no idea yeah. why she didn't. So anyway... Um, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Um, and trust me, all of those topics, you know, are, um, we could definitely go on and on and on. Um, have an hour for each. Right. But we, <laughs> but we also, you know, we do, like, like I said, we will continue this. There will be more chatting about this because, um, generational habits, are a big deal and you know the point of our podcast and you know this is just to kind of like reiterate what we're here for and what we feel our purpose is with this uh, platform is that we are we're excited to have these conversations that we did not get to have it's not always like you know parent trauma or like last generation trauma but it's uh, it's it's the the things that we're dealing with in this generation that you know we might have um, misunderstood before mm-hmm. or like conversations that we're wanting to have but we don't have the space to have them and so right. um I think that's why you know Jasmine is so nervous and anxious every episode and has to tell you guys that she's fearful of the topic that's why <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, because these are this is showing up for you this is this is a conversation that I'm struggling with yeah. and I, I wonder if you're struggling with it too. This is, this is something I'm confused about and I don't really um, know how to address it and I'm, I'm not sure of where to start. Yeah. We are not professionals. Um, when, when mental health professionals, we're not therapies, therapists, we're not doctors. We are two women that um have an age gap but have gone through some similar and different things yeah and so we want to contribute when it comes to um how we've handled things that you might be going through or that you're anticipating or not even sure that you're about to go through um and that is what showing up for you is about Mm. that's why our conversations can bounce anywhere from you know parents issues to future kids to relationships to spiritual issues Mm -hmm. to um anxiety with friends to um relationships on the job to race to 
you know, self-hate, self-love, body imaging, like our, our lives, um, are not the same, but there are a lot of things we go through that we're sure you are curious about. And we want to create that space to either start that conversation with someone, you know, Mm -hmm. or, um, even to just trigger research for yourself, what that looks like for you. Yeah. So we really do appreciate the support and the feedback as we continue to have these complex, very complex <laughs> conversations. Yeah. No, that's I. Is there like a plus one to everything? Oh you my just gosh. Said? I stand. I'm there. Um, you know, at the beginning of this episode mentioned um you know attaching emotions mm-hmm. to people and so i will see you guys this week and yeah we want to hear more about that more about that so um i know we're just grateful we're mm-hmm. so grateful we love doing this it's so much fun um and yeah today was good so guys we cannot wait to hear uh what you think about generational habit and emotional regulation um tell us about you know what you are emotional comfortable with now that might not have been addressed in the house. Tell me if, you know, your parents were like, stop all that crying. I don't want to hear all that crying. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Or, you know, if you did have that space, tell us, you know, maybe your advice can help another follower or supporter of of Suffy. Mm -hmm. Um, So we look forward to that. Uh, Thank you guys for hanging with us this morning. See you next week. Bye.